All right, welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney. Um, sure, you guys already know this, but the Raiders lost their week three matchup at New England. Um, it, it wasn't a good game. There's not a lot of silver linings to it. Uh, there are a couple positives. I'll, I'll get to that at the end. But, um, man, that was tough. This is the first uh, podcast I've ever done after a loss, so I, I didn't quite know how to approach it. And, look, the sky's not falling. Let's just say that much. The sky is not falling. I see a lot of doom and gloom. Um, but there are some concerns. There are some concerns that reared their heads during the, during the wins, right, during the first two wins, lack of pressure, stuff like that. But they really were exposed in this loss, right? There were not really a lot of surprises in this loss, right? It was more so the fact that they just couldn't overcome those weaknesses um, and really just fell apart in the second half. It was, it was similar to a, uh, a 2019 Raiders loss, right? Keep the game close for a while. You know, defense looks good kind of early, right? Um, makes plays. But then in the second half, one team adjusts, the other team doesn't, right? And that other team's the Raiders. <laughs> and uh, that's what happened all last year, right? Which they kind of fooled us, right? In the Saints game. In the Saints game, the Raiders made that second half adjustment. And it really paid dividends. They look great. Um, didn't happen today. So, they're, I don't even know where to start here. Um, they got outplayed. They got outplayed on every, on every level, honestly. Uh, it, Belichick's really good. The Patriots are really good. I mean, it's, it's funny. I remember when, when this started, like I said in the preview episode, a lot of people were like, oh, Belichick's going to tank for Trevor. I'm like, ah, are you, do you know who you're talking about? You're talking about Bill Belichick. You think he's going to be like, yeah, we'll go 2-14. and 14. That sounds good. I'll, I'll enjoy that. Bill Belichick would be swinging from a ceiling fan by his own doing, right? Like with a note and everything, if he went two and fourteen with this Patriots roster, I'm just I'm willingly at least he'd be like, I, why am I coaching? I don't want Trevor Lawrence if I just went two and fourteen. I don't want him. You know, he outcoached Gruden today, and I and I'll get to that in a sec. But um, let's start with Derek Carr, right? Let's start with Derek Carr. Derek Carr did not really play well today. I, I don't think not well enough to win, at least. I do see a lot of the people just saying, hey, this is all on Carr. If we had somebody better than Carr, we, you know, the Raiders win this game. And, and yeah, maybe if you have like Russell Wilson, like an elite Mahomes quarterback, but that, that's not really fair to say that's what we should have, right? They, Carr, Carr plays about as well as the offense plays. And, I, and it's weird, right? Some people think like, yes, the quarterback is the most valuable part of the offense, most valuable part of the team by far. But if nobody else is making plays, Carr probably is not going to make plays, right? Does that make any sense, right? Like, we, I think we know what he is. He's an average quarterback. And what's weird about average is average in the NFL, when you start thinking about, like, an average quarterback, you think, okay, it's going to be 275 yards, uh, two touchdowns, maybe a pick, something like that, every week, right? And depending on what else happens, they win or lose. But really, Carr is kind of volatile, right? He looks really good one week. He looks really bad one week. And then you get average, right? That's you take the mean of that and then you become average. And today just it wasn't great, right? It wasn't great all around. But I see a lot of people blaming Derek Carr for the for the offense's failure, right? And look, he made some bad plays, right? That throw to Waller should have been picked off, right? The one where they were play, Patriots were playing zone, run, Waller was running a crosser, and he forced it into Waller. And actually, had he made an accurate throw, that might have been a pick six. Um, it's lucky that he missed the throw, and it still almost was picked off. It was tipped up in the air. Um, really when 
sometimes when it's kind of a slug, like a kind of sluggish game, like it was in the first half, really low scoring, kind of neither team really getting going on offense. I kind of think that Carr is always hanging by a thread in those games where it's like, okay, some either there's always that pivotal possession where, where, I guess how do I want to say this? I, there's always that pivotal possession, and I think it was the first possession of the second half where if that ended in a touchdown, I think Carr goes on a run and starts really going crazy. Right, that was the one where the actually had a pretty good drive. Got down. We're going to make a field goal to tie it, and Daniel Carlson misses. I want to say it was a forty-one yarder. And he misses it. Right, right then and there, as a fan, as anybody, you kind of, as Raider fans, we kind of go, "Was that one of those moments? Was that one of those moments where the Raiders like this becomes ugly fast?" Right, because that's how it is with the Raiders. They'll be neck and neck with the team, and then one bad thing happens, and it's like pulling the bottom thing out in a house of cards, and the whole thing collapses. Right. Like it was built in like paper mache. Right. And somebody just takes a baseball bat to it. Like it was just boom. That's it. Right. It lo- oh, it looked like a solid globe on the outside. Oh, it was built by paper mache and it got run over by a semi truck. That's kind of the way the offense has been looking, you know, like with the Saints game. Right. The, the possession I look at in the Saints game, if you want to compare the two, this is when it works out in car and the offense's favor is when they got to the goal line and car fumbled the snap recovered it right and then they scored the uh the play action on fourth and one to waller so little things like that right if they do score or even if carlson hits that field goal just something i think that the team kind of stays in that game i don't know if they win but I, I think they stay in that game and make it a close game but it's weird it's just like deflated after that and you know it's more than just car all I'm, all I'm saying is this look i you know where i stand on car if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time I'm very critical of them but i i can't uh, I can't just go with like the hyperbole, right? Like I can't go with, oh, he's this, he's that. Like either you expect him to be just average like I do to where you know you understand that if he doesn't play well or if the Raiders lose, there's probably a lot of other things that happened, right? And, and he didn't. Like I said, he did not play well. But, you know, you just look at these moments like in the second half, like – they have that great drive, right? Carr stays in the pocket, makes that beautiful throw to Renfro at the goal line, right? Then they get the play to Foster Moreau, and you're thinking, we're back, right? Raiders get the ball second half, down three. They're driving in the second half, right? Then they miss that field goal, and it was just like hitting the e-brake, man. Mm-hmm. Hitting the e-brake on the freeway. It was just like screeching halt. And after that, it was all downhill, right? After that, Carr didn't look the same. It looks like he's kind of forcing downfield throws now, too. I, I, I keep seeing these people saying he needs to throw the ball downfield more, and I just I don't think that's him. When he's, the longer he holds the ball, the less I like him. That's the way I look at, at Derek Carr. When I see him make that first quick read and he hits the person, it, it looks great, right? Even if it only gains three or four yards, that's fine. This is kind of a time of possession, move the chains offense. It's not predicated on explosive plays. That's what Gruden's offense is. And I think when Derek Carr's getting... First reads open, even a second reads open. When he's really got to sit there and he starts getting that jumpy, like, uh, where the fuck's what's gonna happen? You know what I mean? That's when you take a safety in the end zone. Probably should have been a defensive touchdown, honestly, but you take a safety in the end zone, right? And you could see it. It's like it's a it's a slow process, but it but you kind of see it building up. Like, okay, we're either gonna get the good Derek Carr, the good. Uh, you know, guy who gets a bunch of fourth quarter comebacks, um, guy that makes some of the clutch throws. That throw to Renfro was great. I really thought that was kind of the, the okay, kickstarting him. You know what I mean? That, that you're pull starting that lawnmower and it wasn't working. And you finally on that 15th try, 
You started it. You know what I'm saying? And I thought that was, I thought that's what happened there, but I was wrong and he didn't play well, but let's, let's not imply, right. And I don't, maybe not people, people aren't doing this, but I see a lot of people where I feel like they're watching just one player and it's Derek Carr when they watch the game, especially on offense, Josh Jacobs fumbled in the red zone. He fumbled in the red zone, right? And I look, I love Josh Jacobs. He's fantastic, but we can criticize him. It's okay. He fumbled in the red zone. Look, he recovered it. It was a weird call, a bad call in my, my, in my uh, opinion, but don't put the ball on the ground. You are in control of that. Do not put the ball on the ground. It's not a lingering issue for him. He's, I, I can think of what, maybe one. I, th- I know he's lost one fumble. I was at that game against the Bengals last year. He lost one fumble. I think that was in the red zone too. And I think he, Fumble, and it, I think he fumbled once and, and got it back, but it's not a lingering issue. So I, I'm not, that's not something I'm, you know, super concerned about, but the offensive line wasn't playing well on that sack fumble um, where, where Winovich got in on, uh, on car and kind of, you know, look car, I'm, I'm car is not Russell Wilson. He's not going to dive out of the way. No one's ever thought that, that he's going to shake out of that. And I actually thought he did an okay job extending on some plays, right? like at least getting out of it to throw the ball away or something like that. I, I thought he did an okay job on that. But, man, I, I really didn't want to see John Simpson start at guard. And the minute I saw that Sam Young was inactive, my mood changed on the game. And, and you don't want to hit, hit your wagon to Sam Young, right? You don't want to, you don't want to be like, hey, this offense revolves around Sam Young. But Trent Brown isn't, isn't healthy. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave that there. Trent Brown's not healthy. And I'll, I'll get to Trent Brown in another way soon. But – Denzel Good and John Simpson starting, I feel better when it's just Denzel Good and Sam Young starting, right? I, I said that in the preview, and it showed, right? Winovich, Winovich ate on that play, man. He, he was going crazy. I think, he, I, I think it was good that he beat. I, I, I got to see the, the film again, but nonetheless, he got there fast, and I see people saying, man, he should have got rid of the ball faster. And it's like, what? aren't you telling me to hold up? He should hold on to the ball longer. Look, man, I don't, I'm tired of these like super nuanced arguments. He is what he is. I think he's kind of like a net average quarterback. Net average kind of means volatile. Your game performance game by game, and it kind of evens out to average eventually. But what is this what we're doing all year? We're going to overlook, you know, fumbles from, you know, Josh Jacobs. We're going to overlook bad offensive line play. And, and look, I I was really discouraged when Brian Edwards got injured too. And I'm not going to blame injuries at wide receiver because I I do think they still could have got made things happen with Nelson Aguilar, um, Hunter Renfro Waller's getting bracketed, but that should free somebody up. Right. You know, guys, guys like that. It it should Zay Jones, right? All I heard in the off season was Zay Jones, Zay Jones, Zay Jones. You you can't look at how great he looks. Right. That's all I heard him and Carr. man, they're buddies. Siamese twins. Some would say, I don't know. You know, it, it, why can't he see the field then? So when Edwards went down, because I thought Edwards was getting rolling, right? Everyone knows the play, right? He caught that crosser over the middle, kind of a intermediate route, made, got some yards after catch that. He fell super awkwardly, similar to Ruggs, honestly. It was weird. Like, what, I don't know what's going on there. Like, just, I don't know. Who, you, know you can't blame anything. That's just a tackle from behind and let ankle falls where they may. It's football. But when that happened, it kind of seemed like they were getting something going with him and, and it was really kind of starting to see Brian Edwards take his, you know, take that next stride. And, you know, 
again, I'm not going to blame the weapons here because I, I don't think that's a valid excuse. I think the whole, I think the whole offense played poorly. Not really a lot of people like, you know, sure. Maybe Foster Moreau had a, had a decent game and, uh, um, you know, contested catch and a touchdown a little stuff like that, but as a whole offense, bad showing. And that's from Gruden down, right? I'll get to Gruden late. This defense, man, this defense, like even when they were playing well at the beginning, I said, okay, the offense better get going. Cause this isn't going to last all game. And this is a, a gift when you get a quarter or two really almost almost a half where you don't get a touchdown from cam newton and the and the uh, patriots offense right like this is a gift and the offense had to keep scoring right and i think if they don't do those those two turnovers in the first half don't happen i i do think that the raiders play with a lead and i think this patriots team is a lot easier to beat with a lead like holding on to it because they're not that explosive of a team but what was discouraging about this defense is meant Toss sweeps to undrafted free agent running backs. It's kryptonite. Defense has never seen it before. Wow, what is this? I don't know what this is. And look, I was, I remember I had BD Williams on here um, from Tape Don't Lie. Shout out Tape Don't Lie. I had him on uh, pre during, during like damn near training camp. And we were going over some film stuff. And we were talking about Corey Littleton and uh, Nick Kwiatkowski and stuff like that. And I said, hey, you know, he, he said, look, man. Stopping the run is still important in the NFL. And I, I kind of was ignorant. And I said, well, look, man, BD, this is a passing league. I don't know what year you're in. This is a passing league. So, but it doesn't really matter if you can't stop even the most basic runs with, I don't even remember, I'm sorry, I don't even remember the running back for the Patriots that was doing all these toss sweeps. Sonny Michelle had some good runs too, for sure. But I, there was that number 42. He, he was just, they were just tossing it to him, like college style. Look like, remember the Titans practice. You know what I mean? Like, just, just tossing it. There you go. Like those high school games where the quarterback is like, is just a running back and has, doesn't know how to throw. And you see like four passing attempts all game. That's what it looked like, what the Patriots were doing. Cam Newton didn't even play that well. I, I'll, I'll say it. He, di- he didn't even play that well. But these, how much did we sacrifice? How much did the Raiders sacrifice in their run defense? Like, I thought they'd get better at the pass and then just kind of be an average run defense. But now they're bottom of the league. What the hell is this? A lot of that has to do with the free agent acquisitions, man. And just the personnel overall. I'm, I'm not sure about the Paul Gunther excuse, right? I'm not sure about that. And I, I'm not saying Paul Gunther's good. And I do expect Paul Gunther to be fired at some point this season. I don't see them keeping him all year. Um, I... There's times where John Gruden acts like he's Buddy Ryan, but I don't know. I think after a while, and you know, more performances like this, I think Gruden's going to have to make a move, or Mayock's going to have to make a move just to appease. You know what I mean? Just to make it look like, hey, we're changing something. But this defense is like, it's awful. It really is awful. Like, and I, and right now, I'll tell you who I'm excluding from this: Damon Arnett. And Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett's coverage grade, if you look at PFF, is not is not great. It's not great, and he's learning on the fly. But I think he's playing pretty well, and there's something there. Trayvon Mullen is doing a great job. He's very active when the ball is being thrown to him. Very active, makes plays on the ball. It's all you want. I think they're fine. And the wide receivers didn't kill the Raiders. Julian, I was going against Julian Edelman in fantasy. I was like, oh shit, I forgot. I forgot that you know Julian Edelman was supposed to kill me this week. Granted, I went against Russell and DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson and all those guys, so that guy still got his, unfortunately. But Julian Edelman 
and and Nikhil Harry, those guys didn't kill the Raiders today. It was it was the run game that just murdered them. Rex Burke, Rex Burkhead. Well, no disrespect to the guy, but damn. I didn't circle. I didn't have stop Rex Burkhead on the game. The keys to the game. I didn't. I didn't have that because I didn't think that would be much of an issue, honestly. And this undrafted running back, I still don't know his name. He's he's killing the Raiders. So that was that was sad to see, right? Like the the Raiders have just like they're not good enough against the pass to sacrifice that run defense. And I should I don't think the run defense should regress that much, um, especially when fourth overall you draft Cleveland Furl, who's supposed to be a great against the run. Now I will say Cleveland Furl, I thought he did a nice job setting the edge against Cam Newton, not letting Cam Newton do into, do too much. And he was, in my opinion, he was the star on that Abram interception. I thought he did a nice job staying in Cam's face, forcing a you know forcing a bad throw, not seeing Abram in zone because he's worried about Farrell in his face. I thought that was good, but when when is it okay? When is it okay for me to criticize the fourth overall pick from last year with a wizard of a defensive line coach named Rod Marinelli? That's what I've been told. That's what I've been told. So when when is it okay? And, and what kills me now is 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 Jonathan Abram. Now, Jonathan Abram, again, second season, one of three first-round picks. I talked about Furl. I talked about Jacobs. Jacobs is great. Furl, I don't know. And I do like John Abram. I do like him. But, okay, what the hell was that? What was John Abram doing? His, John Abram's calling card is tackling, hitting, being all over the field, being a cheetah out there. Being in on every play. It's not coverage. We knew that. He's supposed to be like the Jamal Adams where you can line up anywhere. Have him rush the passer. You know what I mean? Like you have him rush from the outside on a blitz. Blitz up the middle. He's supposed to be doing that. Now, I don't think John Abrams healthy. I mean, you saw the report this morning from Ian Rappaport. It's kind of funny how NFL Network breaks all the news now about the Raiders, not the beat writers. The beat writers react to it. But NFL Network breaks all the stuff. I'm, I'm guessing that's Mayock related. But nonetheless... Jonathan Abram, he that he had like what does he say like chipped his collarbone or something on that TV camera, which was kind of messed up. You know, what I mean, like that was such a freak accident. You can't blame Abram for that. That's that's not him being reckless or anything. That's just him falling into a object that really doesn't have any business being there. That's just for TV production. But you could tell that he was so injured, he couldn't do his job today. I've never seen his pad level so high. And look, I know he's only played three. This is his fourth game. But he's usually diving. He's a missile, diving at people's legs, flipping them over. Like, just he's a missile. But I think he was scared to use that shoulder. That's his hitting shoulder. I think he was scared to use that shoulder. And it showed. He was up there high. It, was, it looked like he was chasing, like, when, when, when a chicken gets loose, like, on a farm. And he's just, like, grabbing at it, just grabbing at air. It was like, well, what the hell's going on? Especially in the second level, when you're the last line of defense. Look, my point is this. If you're hurt to the point where you cannot even make a tackle, should not be playing football. Should not be should not be playing football at that point. He should be out. A lot of Raider fans get on Trent Brown for being soft, quote unquote, not motivated and stuff. But at least he knows when he can't be at his at his best, and he's not a liability out there. Now the problem is Raiders don't have much behind Abram. They don't have much at that position at all, either safety position. Because I'm going to get to the guy who's who's killing me so far. Every game this year he's been bad, and that's Eric Harris. 
Eric Harris might want to call the potato chip factory that he used to work at and see if they're hiring. Because I, I don't see it. Picking off Phillip Rivers a couple times in a game, that, that was awesome. Great Thursday night for me. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, other than that, oh, yeah, Jacoby Brissett, pick six on him. Great. Can't tackle. The Raiders ask a lot out of their safeties in the system, especially when Harris is the single high sometimes. They ask a lot. And Harris isn't able to do what he's, what he's supposed to do. He's, he hasn't been good at all. Demarius Randall was hurt all of camp, and I still think it's kind of weird that they cut him. I can't. I Look, he seems like a good guy. I love his story. But I'm not sure that this is a starting safety in the NFL. In fact, I know it's not a starting safety in the NFL, especially when if you have Abram floating around in the box a lot of times and making tackles, you need something really good in the back end for when Abram can't be there. And Abram's not much of a cover guy to begin with. But if Abram's in the box, trying to, especially trying to stop Cam Newton, right? You got to have a safety bo- in the box against Cam Newton. Eric Harris has got to be back there, and, and you have to be great. That's what the system requires. So now we're looking at really bad personnel management because, again, Eric Harris is Eric Harris. He can't, he can't be anybody else but him. We're looking at really bad personnel misuse and just – all, all around on the defense. I, I don't get it. And these free agents that, that Mayock brings in on defense, it, it, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. I don't, I don't know. It, it just it, Look, we're three games in, I understand. And maybe these people start turning the corner, right? Because technically this is still the third preseason game, quote unquote. Sure, right? I see other free agent acquisitions getting busy early with these other teams. Malik Collins, Corey Littleton, Kwiatkowski, look, I, I won't say anything on him yet. He's been hurt, and I hope, I, God, they need him back. Because I think Corey Littleton's playing a little in over his head trying to be the green dot guy getting everybody lined up because it just doesn't look right. But Littleton is like, he's not making these tackles. He's not tackling, and he's, he's a great – he came in as a great tackler. Like, look, he gets washed out in the run game, and, I, and that's one thing I knew was going to happen is Littleton wouldn't be there. So they do need Kwiatkowski back in there to be that hammer in the run game at the linebacker position because as much as we flame Tahir Whitehead, Tahir Whitehead knew how to play the run at least, right? And if Littleton's here to cover, I'm not seeing the coverage. Rex Burkhead just feasting, right? I'm not seeing that. That's what he's supposed to be stopping. Malik Collins. Malik Collins is... I've never seen somebody crowned in the offseason. He got me. I, hey, I drank the Kool-Aid on him, too. Everybody, hey, this is my Geno Atkins, right? This is my guy. This, we're gonna, this defense is built around him, which still has always been a little bit funny to me when it's like he's on a one-year, $6 million deal. So if you liked him that much, you would have given him a big deal, right? Now you're starting to realize why he was available for that one-year, $6 million deal, a prove-it deal, because he hasn't proven it yet. He was good for the Cowboys. He was good, and he actually played a really good game against the Patriots when he was on the Cowboys. But what's going on here? What's wrong, right? I'm not even going to talk about Joyner, right? Joyner sucks. But that's last year, right? We know. We know what LaMarcus Joyner is. It's these new free agents that are really, really odd to me. And what I will say is, is, you know, look, Maurice Hurst found a way to get back on the field, right? Maurice Hurst is the best interior pass rusher on this team, and Mo, Mo Hurst was all over the field, right? But it's got it, Malik Collins is supposed to be really, really. They're getting killed, man. They're getting killed up the middle on the on these teams. 
I'm reading a stat from Josh Dubow right now. The Raiders have allowed 163.7 yards rushing per game, 28th in the league. They were eighth best last season at 98.1 yards per game. How does it get that bad, right? Especially when in the offseason, all I heard about was Rod Marinelli. Rod Marinelli, oh, hey, Rod Marinelli. I know you like Brentson, Buck- Brentson Buckner. Defensive line looks pretty good in Arizona, by the way. I know they have Chandler Jones and, and some better personnel, but okay. You know what I mean? Like, sure, we'll, we'll get rid of the guy who damn near doubled the Raiders' sacks last year for Rod Marinelli. And look, I, bu- I bought in. I bought in. I was like, hey, look, this guy's got familiarity with Gruden. Um, he has had success almost everywhere he's been, but I don't know, man. I don't know. When does that Marinelli effect I keep hearing about, when does that come to play? When does that come to – when does that happen? Max Crosby had a couple nice pass rushes today. I'll, absolutely. One was a coverage sack, but one he just flat out beat the tackle and made it. But Max was doing that a couple times last year, right? Clue and Furl doesn't really look any better from last year. Malik Collins has familiarity with Marinelli. It should have been just cut, copy and paste, right? Put him right in that defensive line, and he should be doing what he did last year. He's not. Carl Nassib, what the fuck is that? $7.7 million for that. And that, it feels like they're forcing him on the field, too. Carl Nassib. Daniel Ross played 30% of snaps of this game. Daniel Ross. And that's Marinelli's guy that they brought in from the Cowboys. Not his guy, right? I don't think he's going to, you know, turn him into a perennial pass rusher or run stuffer. But I'm just saying, maybe he brought him over. When does this take place? Whose fault is it? Is it Gunther? Is Gunther that bad to where Marinelli's not good anymore? I don't know, man. Defensive line should at least still be good. So it's weird. You know what I mean? Like, it's really weird about, about what happened. And I'm not, I'm not sure that this defense is going to get it figured out this year. And, and the schedule doesn't get any kinder, right? It doesn't get any better these next three games. It's a tough next three games. And they just can't get any kind of pass rush going. It's asking a lot out of this young secondary, which who I like. I like the young secondary, even with Abram, right? Even with Abram. Now, I'm interested to see if Abram's – he might be somebody that they put on IR because, like, I, if that collarbone's really chipped and that's what, how he plays through it, I, don't have, I have no interest in seeing him play safety. It's not his fault. That just is what it is. Now – Let's talk about these these free agents. Like I said, man, like like Littleton, Kwiatkowski, Collins, guys like that. We're not getting a, a huge return. Not getting a huge return out of these guys. They're not they're not balling, man. Like they, they they came in and they were supposed to help this defense out, and it's not. And what's weird, what I find about find weird about Mayock is Mayock when he drafts, he wants to find these guys that love football, right? All you hear about love football. I need guys to worship football. I need it all and stuff. But in free agency, you get guys like Trent Brown, you trade for Antonio Brown. You, uh, you know what I mean? Guys like that. And it's, it's like, okay, well, why isn't that strategy in free agency? Now I think Corey Littleton loves football. I think he's a student of the game watching his press conferences. He seems like a real smart, knowledgeable guy. And, and look, he's a newer guy. If let's hope he figures it out, right? Let's hope he figure it out. Maybe Joyner's giving him a lot more work, right, than he needs just by the linebacker playing closer to the slot receiver, especially in a zone. Maybe he feels like he has to do too much, but he's missing tackles, and that's what I don't get. 
And missing tackles, especially on the pro level, guys that have been pros for a while, you got to know how to tackle. That's not on your defensive coordinator. So, you know, I, I don't want to get too negative, but let me get to my last, my last point about, about how bad this game was. I said it on Twitter, and I'll say it here because I can add a little more context to it. The biggest discrepancy I saw between, you know, any area of this game was head coach. I thought Bill Belichick was standing on Mount Everest and John Gruden was down in a valley. Like he was, you know, Death Valley, just standing there. Hey, Bill, how's it going up there? Like, I, I, I really thought Bill Belichick was just like, look, man, went up to Cam and was like, keep me floating in the first half. I got John in the second half because John's not going to make the adjustment that I'm going to make. Because really, what killed me about Gruden, the number one thing that killed me about Gruden, and it happens a lot, is he's conservative. And it's not in the play calling. I don't, it's not so much the you know, short passes. That, to me, that's not conservative because I do think the short passing game works really well. What kills me is you're down two scores in the fourth quarter. There's still time, but your defense has not been playing well in the second half. Card throws it out to Richard. It wasn't a great play, but the Patriots are sitting back. I knew in that third and seven-ish, I think is what it was, I knew during that time that it was going to take two chances to get that first down. You go for it on fourth down. You do not kick that field goal. A field goal there still makes it a two-score game, and your defense can't stop anybody. I've said it before and said it again. He thinks that he has the 85 Bears, the 2002 Buccaneers defense. He, he swears he has that defense because he doesn't. They're, the analytics don't look kindly on people who are down two scores and kick a field goal, especially inside the, what, five-yard line, six-yard line? You got to – look, rest in peace, Denny Green. You play to win the game. The game is over if you miss that fourth down conversion, and the game is also over if you kick that field goal. By the way, the defense has been playing and the way the Patriots have been running the ball. You got to at least try to at least try to get it within one score. You got to try to get it in one score. To me, when that happened, I was done. I was like, that's it. Even Carlson punched it through. I don't care. That's the kind of stuff I see from Gruden. So it, it gets to the point when I see that kind of stuff, it's tough for me to say that, hey, let's replace Carr. It's going to be all better when that happens. Maybe. Maybe the Raiders hit a home run in the draft or find somebody in free agency that totally clicks with Gruden and really, really makes it better. Maybe that gets you an extra win or two. But John Gruden is going to have to step this shit up, and he does not have a track record of doing so. It might not matter who the quarterback is. I was saying that last week. If, when the Raiders didn't hit, if the, I said if the Raiders didn't win that Saints game, it it was really going to be it, like, man, they really can't beat these type of teams, can they? Even if they did have a great quarterback, I'd just be like, man, I, I don't know. Especially the way they they work in free agency and you know the defensive coordinator. Look, Paul Gunther might have to go. But I'm also wondering, is, is that actually the problem? Not that I'd be against Paul Gunther going. You're not going to see me fighting for Paul Gunther. I just, I'm saying, is that, is that the problem? Something you have to ask. Well, John Gruden, man, and then these runs. Second down, second down and 10, and you run the ball. I know you have Josh Jacobs. He's very good. But second and 10 running, I, I don't know. Then you'll see the first down and 10 runs. And it's like they run it from the most predictable formations. I am not a football expert. I am not at all. 
I don't know scheme that well. I don't know any kind of stuff, but I'll see it and I'll go, that's a run. That's gonna be a run to Jacobs. If I know it, what is uh, the greatest coach of all time? Think about it. It's so predictable, man. This run game could be elite, could be the best in the NFL, in my opinion. Devontae Booker is, is good. I, I don't, I'm, I won't say that. He's playing well in the system. Josh Jacobs is great. The offensive line has injuries. I'll, I, I understand that, but it's a lot better when you can mix stuff up. Look at Kyle Shanahan. I know they don't run the same offense. I know it's a different type of running style. It's completely different, but you can also, you don't really know when Shanahan's going to run the ball. They do a lot of kind of interesting stuff with the ball and, and a lot of options for the quarterback. It just looks like super old school football against a team like the Patriots who do it better than you, right? They run old school football, but they have more of a dynamic with Cam Newton and uh, a stable of running backs and, and they have a good screen game and stuff like that. And I'm look, the Raiders are two and one. So I'll get to the positives right now. I just wanted to say, I'm, I'm very wary of Gruden. I, I, I'm also wary when I look at Twitter and I just see everybody piling on Carr and it's like, look, man, I, I'm not saying he played well. He didn't play well today. I don't, I don't think he did. But you have to be on Gruden just as much. And I think fans are so scared to really be piling on Gruden in, real, in year three of a 10-year deal because it almost makes you hopeless if you're this concerned right now. I'm not hopeless. It's a two-in-one team. They have a really tough next couple of games. But I do think, look, they should, they, they should be able to play with the Bills. Why not? Why not? The why? I think it's John Gruden. I don't think it's Derek Carr. Like I said, if they want to move on from Carr in the offseason, you're not going to see me fighting it too much. I just, I'm, I'm wondering what the actual impact of a new quarterback is going to be if John Gruden's not going to change his ways. So let's get to some positives, right? Some positives. One, the Raiders are two and one. They're a two and one football team. I didn't, I'm not even sure I saw them being two and one right away. I kind of saw one and two on a set. I thought they were going to beat Carolina. I'm talking preseason when I first saw the schedule. I'm like, okay, they're going to be one and two after these couple of days. We'll see what the Bills look like. Chiefs, ugh, I don't know. Thought they could start pretty rough this year. They're two and one. Two, I, I think the Patriots are actually going to be really good. They're going to be really good. That defense is good. They're well coached. They had some guys opt out, and they're still good, I think. They have Gilmore. Gilmore's great. They're able to erase anybody they want. They completely erased Darren Waller. I don't like, I didn't even want Carr to force the ball to Darren Waller. There was one time where he kind of tried to throw it to Aguilar when he had Waller open. And I think Carr was so discouraged. It was just like, not discouraged, but was just kind of like, I don't even know if I'm going to look 83's way anymore because he's going to be bracketed. He wasn't that play. So I think that was a little mental game that Carr kind of screwed up on. But the Patriots are really good. I think they're going to be good. I think they're, you know, it's going to be between them and, and the Bills on who wins that Eastern, uh, who wins the AFC East. So there's that. Um, also, you know, there, were some, there was some stuff on defense. I think the coverage unit, like I, I thought that even though New England's outside receivers, not very good, right? Not very good. But I thought Arnett and, and Mullen were doing well. Mullen was everywhere. He was making plays on the ball. That's really good to see. And, and like I said, we cannot just go by one terrible game and predict the season. This is just stuff I've been noticing in wins that really reared its head during, in, in, the, in these losses. That's all I'm talking about. This is going to sound real negative, this whole podcast. I'm going to be sound like a Debbie Downer. But you know what? The wins, I still think we're good wins. And they can battle against Buffalo next week. They can battle. 
Buffalo's a very tough team. Josh Allen's playing really, really well. They can pass the ball. They have Stephon Diggs. That's going to be the biggest. That's going to, by far and away, that's going to be the best receiver that the Raiders have faced so far. So that'll be a really crazy test for the secondary. But, you know, I, I think this team is going to start growing, especially on, on defense. I see them getting a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm very wary of like, okay, was Rod Melly, Marinelli going to come in here and just fix everything? Especially when Brenton Buckner made some progress. I thought maybe, hey, give you know, one more year might look kind of nice for him. You know what I'm saying? And if you file, fire Paul Gunther, sure, is Marinelli the defensive coordinator? Because I haven't liked the way the defensive lines looked. So is your replacement better? I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I think the cover, like I said, the secondary, as far as the outside corners, they look good. I thought they looked good today. Nelson Aguilar had some nice plays. Um, they're down Rugs and Edwards, too. The Raiders are down Rugs and Edwards. I, I mean, Edwards for part of the game. Rugs was out. Incognito out. Trent Brown out. So, so yeah. There's, there's somewhat of an excuse to be made there. And if the Raiders get healthier, I think that that offense is going to get right back to where it was. I, I still think the offense is going to be very consistent and, and good, right? I think it's gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be a good offense. I'm just really concerned about this defense, and really, even once they do gel together, how what is the ceiling for this defense? I don't know if it's that high. So yeah, Raider Nation, it's a tough loss today. The Raiders are two and one. They're still winning division. Uh, here's another positive: Chargers lost to the Panthers. L O L. Really funny that uh, it's 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 kind of interesting the way a quarterback looks when the other team knows that he's actually playing and not filling in for a guy who basically got the Pulp Fiction adrenaline needle through his fucking heart before the game, and then they're like, "Oh, Herbert, you're playing." And the other team, you know, the Chiefs were like, "What the hell? The, uh, you're going to start the rookie five minutes before the game?" Sure, Carolina had a week to prepare for Herbert, and he didn't look good at all today. So there's that. Then you have uh, the Broncos. Yikes. That's a rough-looking team right now. Chiefs loops to the Ravens tomorrow. You got two and one, right? Two and one, tied for first. That's that's possible. So, look, there's positives. This isn't doom and gloom. They're two and one after three games. That's okay. This game was just bad, man. It was bad. Wash, wash it off you. Get ready for Buffalo. Buffalo at home. You got to at least be competitive in that game. Give your team a chance. Don't fold in the second half because I'm just real scared by those second half meltdowns, you know, and I thought they were getting rid of that after that Saints game. And that, again, it reared its head again. So on to Buffalo. I'll be doing an episode later this week, previewing Buffalo. Um, this is Rock Vegas. Uh, thanks for everyone who's been watching. Please subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review, too, if you could, on, on iTunes. Um, or Spotify, whatever, whatever medium you listen to me on, please leave a review. It really helps it pop up to, you know, in other uh, related podcasts of people looking for Raiders content. It does pop up. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's Rare Candy. I post it on my Twitter all the time. I'm at Glenn Rockney um, on Twitter. And, uh, you know, again, feel free to talk shit to me anytime you want. If you don't like my takes, go ahead and ask me about them. I'll answer. So that's it. That's it for me. Um, it's tough loss. Let's wash our hands of it. Let's move on to Buffalo. Um, in Vegas. Uh, should be a good one. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully the Raiders get it done. Look, they blew that big lead to the Rams today. Um, Rams are good, but I think the Raiders, you know, can, can do some things against Buffalo. We'll see. All right, guys, 
Be safe. See you later.